today. We get senior pastor, Pastor Ramona. She's going to bring the word today. God bless her. And Pastor Ramona, we always look forward to your skilled teaching and your spilling of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Hallelujah. Father, we come in the name of Jesus, and we love you so much. You know, we sang that song, Gratitude. Lord, I can't even find enough words to thank you. I can't find enough words to thank you that you've never left us. You've never forsaken us. You never gave up on us. Jesus, you said no one would snatch us out of your hands. And no matter how bad we were or how good we were, when we messed up, you never left us. You stayed right with us. God, we don't know how to thank you. I thank you, Abba Father, for sacrificing your only begotten Son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. I thank you, Abba Father, that Jesus, I thank you, Jesus, for taking the pain and the punishment and the beatings and going to hell and the suffering in my place. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, thank you for living inside of us that you work in us and for us and through us that we might be Jesus in the earth for somebody. And we give you all praise, glory, and honor. There she is. Diane, would you come up here, please? I want you to give this little testimony. She's going to give us a short testimony, right? <laughs> oh, sure. Most everybody here knows me. And Put I've, been, up. Yeah. I've been going through a real struggle with depression. And I cried out to God and said, God, I need your mind. I need your emotions. And God, he blessed me. My private care physician took me off of seven different medicines. Joe! <laughs> and I can tell you, the last week and a half, I have my joy back. And I thank Dr. Turner, but my great physician, Father God, is the one that orchestrated it all. Amen, amen. Wow. And I've been a witness of this. It's been, it's been miracle stuff. Thank you. God for using Dr. Turner and uh, he knew that he knew I don't know if he's a Christian or not but God sure used him God bless you (laughs) well I know a lot of you like Chick-fil-A so do I but you go to Chick-fil-A and you order food and if you say thank you you know what they say my pleasure And they're saying it's a pleasure to service us. And you know, our lives, listen, our lives are supposed to bring pleasure to God. You know, and when he orders something from us or tells us to do something or something he wants us to do, we need to say, Lord, my pleasure. But do we do that? 
no. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so, but you know, we really have no other reason to be here on earth than to please God. Did you know that? Amen. That's why we were created. We are on earth to be his children, his family, to please him. You know, I love to please him. I remember my rebellious days, and I was a born-again Christian, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and boy, could I rebel, even as a Christian. And, uh, but now, I, I learned, well, Paul says, I have learned, I have learned, I have learned to please him. To please him is my greatest joy. Amen. To please him just makes everything better. Remember the song about Pastor Howard and I used to sing this and we'd laugh. It's all about me, Jesus. I still remember that so well. And then he would say, the most evil song on earth is, I did it my way. Right, Gino? (laughs) Okay. But, you know, I know we're supposed to please God, but get this. Even though we're supposed to please God, he wants to please us. Did you know that? Did you know he loves you so much that he killed his only begotten son? Oh, can you see this? Can you hear it? Can you, do you have the eyes to hear? And can you Feel how much he loves you. You know, I feel that all the day. I'll be driving around and I'll be caught on Dunlaw in the traffic's bumper to bumper. And I'll know how I'm going to get across there. And all of a sudden, boom, like the Red Sea, it opens up. (laughs) Right? She's witnessed this. And... Tracy, the same thing happens to her all the time. A parking space just opens up right in front of you too. Well, you know what I say? You don't really. I say, you love me so much. You love me, Lord. Because I know that I know that I know he loves me. Oh, that is the most wonderful thing that you can discover. Discover how much he loves you. To discover that revelational experience of the Father's love is the best thing that can happen to you because then you want to please him. You want to please him. So, God wants to please us. Isn't that amazing? It is so amazing to me. Well, Philippians 2.13 says, It is God who works in you both to will and to do for his Good pleasure. You know, when I was going through this, there were so many scriptures telling how God loves us, how he wants to please us, what he wants to do for us, his loving kindness, his chesed, loving kindness in Hebrew. He loves us so much. He, he wants to help us. He doesn't want us struggling. Some people think God's punishing me because I messed up. No. You are born of the Spirit. You are alive in Christ. He wants to bless you. He loves you. 
So anyway, let's finish this scripture. Read it with me, Philippians 2.13. Read with me. It is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. I don't know about you. I love to please God. Psalm 149.4. Read with me. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He loves us. Psalm 147.11. The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his mercy. You know, this isn't the kind of fear where you're afraid God's going to punish you. It's the kind of fear that I got this revelation one day and it was like, God, I've learned like Paul what it's like to not walk with you. I've learned that without you, I'm a mess. And I have fear that I won't be with him. I have fear that I won't walk with him. I have fear that I won't obey him. I have fear that I'm going to be without him and it won't be him that moves. It'll be me. I love him. Right, Barbara? That's right. (laughs) So it's the fear, not of him, because we reverence and we honor and we lift him up. But it's the fear that I'm going to pull away from him. So read the last part with me. In those who hope in his mercy. You know the word hope is has a root meaning trust. I trust him. I have learned. Believe me. I didn't always trust him. I would say with my mouth that I trust you, Lord. But did I really? No. But I have learned to trust him and only him is the best thing I can do for myself. Selfishly speaking, it's the best thing I can do for myself. I'm sorry, I'm a Christian, but I'm selfish. I'm a human being, right? (laughs) So we are his best creation of all the things he created. Did you know that? We are his best work. Sanj, you're his best work. You're beautiful. (laughs) Barbara, you're his best work. Chad, you're his best work, son. (laughs) Okay. So uh, how, how do we bring pleasure to God? You know, that's the question. So first of all, I want to look at this drawing of body, soul, and spirit. Okay. This is you. <laughs> Did you know you were divided like that? <laughs> we live in a body. And the body has five gates. These are the carnal gates through which Satan tempts us. Hear, see, touch, smell, taste. And you know, in the garden, that's exactly what happened to Adam and Eve. Satan tempted them through these gates. So now that's a whole other teaching. But, so we live in a body, and we have a soul. And the soul is our natural mind, our will, and our emotions. Now, did you know that your body is not born again? And your soul is not born again. But what about the rest of us? We are also spirit. God is spirit. And we were created in their image. Elohim. It says we were, in Genesis, we were created by Elohim. And that's plural. That's God, plural. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Okay. 
So our spirit person, I have to be politically correct, our spirit person has a conscience in it, just naturally. And did you know that in the garden, Adam and Eve, their conscience only knew good. But when they rebelled against God, then they knew good and evil because they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But look, this is who you really are. Now, you decided to give your life to God by believing on his son as your savior, your Lord, that the father raised him from the dead. So look, read this with me. This is who you are. You have the mind of Christ. You're a new person. You have the wisdom of God. You have God's heart, and you've got God's love. Now, I'm going to show you a little bit more. Let's see the rest of who you are. The new man, born of the Spirit. Read this with me. You are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. You are renewed in knowledge. You can know all things. You have the mind of Christ. You have the hidden wisdom of God. You have the anointing of God. You have the heart of God. You have the love of God. That's who you are. Wow. I don't know about you, but that gets me so excited, you know. I mean, why do I want to think about that old man? 2 Corinthians 5, 17. You have been made a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Why do we want to still live in that old person? That old, those old voices, those old tapes, those old patterns. You know, that's really dumb. <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> Anyway, Colossians 2, 9 and 10 says that the fullness of the deity lived in Christ in bodily form and it goes on to say you have that fullness. Wow. Good grief, you guys. When am I going to believe all this? When you die. When I die? No. <laughs> so, okay. Believers have the power to walk in the spirit. But even though we do, we can still say no to God. We still have to choose to say yes to God. Because remember, the drawing, you still have a natural mind, the old mind... And you're trying to get it renewed by putting the word of God in you. I've hidden the word in in me, Lord, that I might not sin against you. But, you know, selfishly speaking as a human, I just want to get rid of those old thoughts, those old ways. I just, selfishly, I like pleasing God. Selfishly, he does really good things to me if I please him. He blesses me. I love to please God. And see, ultimately, we think we're pleasing God, but guess what? We get the peace and joy of God in our life. So, without Jesus, we do not have power to say no to self or to overcome sin. I, I tried so hard. I really did. You can try all kinds of things if you want to change your behavior, but the only way you're going to stop it is to belong to Jesus. Amen. 
Otherwise, it's always a fight. I'm trying to be better. But we have the Holy Spirit in us, and Jesus has over... Jesus did this. This is you because Jesus did it. Jesus has overcome temptation. You can overcome temptation. Jesus has overcome death. You are alive forevermore. Jesus has overcome the grave. Even though the body goes down, you are a resurrected person. The flesh Jesus overcame. Satan is destroyed in all of his enemies. Slide. 1 John 3, 8. He who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose. Say the Say, for this purpose. The Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Wow. I'm sorry, Pastor Louie, I'm not going to finish this in a half an hour. (laughs) Okay. So, I got off on a tangent, but (laughs) I'm trying to get back on Okay, Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. We cannot keep the law of Moses by ourselves. We can try. I've tried for years. I tried even as a Christian because I didn't know any better. I was still trying to be good all by myself. I was trying to to live out the fruit of the spirit in my own power, but it's Impossible. The old covenant people couldn't do it. They tried. So they had to have a sacrifice once a year. Okay, well, that's another teaching. So those who followed that Old Testament law tried it, and it was impossible. If you go to James 2.10, For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he's guilty of all of it. So if you think you're trying to be so good and you mess up in one place, you're guilty of all of it. So we need... What? To do what? We need the Holy Spirit to live this life on the Nobody can do it without the Holy Spirit. Nobody. I don't care who you are. Acts 17, 28, for in him we live and move and have our being. I say that to myself all the time to remind myself. So Romans 8, 5, those who live according to the Spirit set their mind on the things of the Spirit. Remember, we talked about when you put the word of God in you, you're getting your mind renewed because it's natural. Your natural mind does not agree with this God's spirit, doesn't agree with the mind of Christ, which you have. So how do we please God, everybody? How do we do it? How do we do it? You must be spiritually minded so how do I get spiritually minded the word of God I love what you did this morning Gina and Gino in class you said we're going to do it the old fashioned way we're going to pull out the Bible (laughs) but he did say well you might have it on your phone okay (laughs) but the word of God is the only way to get the mind renewed And when you go to the word, guess what the Holy Spirit does? Takes it and makes it alive. It makes it come alive and you get revelation knowledge. You, the mind of Christ in you begins to absorb it and take it and live it. So 
Listen, when you please God, he pours out his blessings on you. I love pleasing God. I love him selfishly. When we please God, we're pleasing ourselves. Pleasing God equals pleasing ourselves because we're human and we're selfish. John 10.10, we know what it says. Jesus said, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I, I come to give you life to the full. Lots of it. Lots of it. He blesses us. God the Father loves to bless his children. Let's go to Romans 8.8. 8. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Romans 8.9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Why are you in the spirit? Because you're born again. You're born of the spirit of God. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you and saints, this is supernatural. My Lord, help us. We have ears to hear and we have eyes to see. Lord, help us see by the spirit that this is supernatural. This is a miracle. This was a miracle. I was a mess. It's a miracle. He saved me from the messes I was in. It's a miracle. It's supernatural. 2 Corinthians 5, 9. There was so much scripture, I just couldn't wean it down. It was too much. 2 Corinthians 5, 9. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to God. See, the whole thing is, how do I please God? Well, here's another way. Make it your aim. Make it your goal. Have you ever said, God, I have a new goal? I'm going to have a goal to please you, even if I can make it for a half a day. (laughs) Did you know it's hard to make it a half a day? Because there's work, there's pills, bills, there's cleaning, there's washing clothes. Pills too, pills, yeah. (laughs) So, the, the, oh, oh yeah, the ultimate way... To please God. Now, I want everybody to read this. Mark 1230, you ready? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second like it is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is nothing greater than these. I'll tell you a little story. Back when I was in traveling ministry. Oops, sorry. It was before Pastor Howard. (laughs) And uh, I just finished this ministry in the city. And this lady from the church was taking me out to a restaurant to eat. And she was pretty. And I was younger and pretty. So we're walking up to the door of the restaurant. and And there were these two guys there. And we could tell they were flirting and we just tried to ignore them, you know how you do. And then this one guy he had a cigarette in his mouth, and, but it wasn't lit. So he goes, hey, you got a light? And I went, oh, God. I was tired. I just wanted to go eat. I knew just flirting. And, and but I was selfish. I was tired. But guess what? The Holy Spirit's in me. 
the Holy Spirit whipped me around. I said, no, but Jesus does. And I started talking to this guy how much Jesus loves him. And I was telling him everything. I can't remember anything else. I know that I told him Jesus loved But did you know the other guy started walking by? He went over here. He's getting out of here, buddy. This Jesus stuff, you know. But this guy listened. The cigarette guy listened. Did you know? He was a born-again Christian that had fallen away, and his mother had been praying for him. Now, selfishly, if I had just ignored it and gone into that restaurant, those mothers, those mothers' prayers wouldn't have been answered. How many mothers in here pray for your kids, Barbara? I know you did. Look at the hands. Yeah, Jenny. We pray for our kids. How's, you know, you say, that's just a little thing. No, I pleased God. I pleased God by ignoring my fleshly desire to go eat. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Joshua twenty four fifteen. Read with me. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Do you choose to serve the Lord? Do you choose to please him? Are you going to make it your goal to please him now? Wow. You know you don't lie in front of God. You know, the Bible says, let your yay be yay and your nay be nay. You better not make a vow if you're not going to keep it. Okay, I'm warning you. Okay, what are the other gods? What are the other gods? Let's read those. Self-focus, self-pity. Wait a minute. The most evil thing of all is self-pity. I was queen of self-pity. And it's everybody else's fault. Right? Okay, start over. Self-focus, self-pity, selfishness, morals of this present world, Satan's temptations obeyed, desire to fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Those are the other gods, and there's lots more. So, to live for God brings pleasure to God, but ultimately... See, we're just selfish human beings. Ultimately, it brings pleasure to us. I love to please him. I love to worship him. I love to serve him. I love to even make my life inconvenient to serve him and obey him. You know, a lot of us are Christian, but boy, we don't want the inconvenience to do something God's telling us to do. But I love to please him. Hebrews 11, 15, 11, 5. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. That means his body did not die or decay. He did not see death. For before he was taken, he had this testimony. Read it with me. 
that he pleased God. Wow. That's powerful. Ephesians 6, 6. Not with eye service as men pleasers. Read it with me. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Are you pleasing men? Or are you pleasing God? Are you pleasing God from your heart? Are you making yourselves inconvenient to do something God wants you to do? Or are you saying, no, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. No, this is in my life. I've got this schedule. I'm busy here. Sometimes we have to give up our schedule to obey God. Sometimes it's inconvenient. Right, Nancy? Sometimes we have to sacrifice. Not just a sacrifice of praise. I mean, we can come here on Sunday morning and be holy as can be. But somebody needs help, and I'm going on the other side of the street, you know. Please, God. Make it your aim to please God. Make it your goal to please God. Because I'm telling you, ultimately it brings pleasure to you. Philippians 2.13, for is God. This is the beginning scripture. For Philippians 2.13, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. The Father loves to bless his children. I wrote a song. Daniel, remember this song? My father is a rich man. I don't know if you remember it. You were a kid when I wrote it. <laughs> but that's the revelation I have. My father's rich. He owns cattle on a thousand hills. And he loves to bless his children. Selfishly speaking, I am self-focused. I, I can be in self-pity. I can think, you need to do something for me. You need to please me, even if I have to pay for it. But it doesn't give us joy and peace in this life. Listen to what Jesus said, John 8, 29. He who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do the things that please him. Even Jesus' goal was to please the Father. Our God will never leave us. The only time the Father ever left Jesus was on the cross. And he screamed out, why have you forsaken me? But we don't have to go through that because Jesus took our place. God will not forsake us. He will not leave, leave us. And Jesus said, no one will snatch you from my hands. I don't care if you backslide. I don't care if you mess up. I don't care if you do the worst thing you can think of. Jesus will not let you go. Amen. You're his and he's not going to let the devil win. Now, just remember, he won't leave you. He won't abandon you. He's not like humans. He's the mighty God. Let me close with this story. There was this couple, and they'd been about married for about 50 years. They'd been together a long time. You know how you can be driving and just be silent when you know each other so well. 
So they were driving somewhere. What was that, John? <laughs> well, anyway, they were driving somewhere in the, in the silence, and all of a sudden, the, the woman says to her husband, and he's driving, she said, you used to sit next to me and close, but you don't do that anymore. <laughs> Poor thing. He paused. He's a good husband. He thought about it. Then he said to her, I didn't move. <laughs> Abba Father, we thank you that you don't move. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You don't move. We're the ones who moved away. We're the ones who walk away, even in a daily situation. Thank you for not moving. Thank you for being the hound of heaven. Thank you that you love us so much you never gave up on us. Thank you that you didn't want us to perish but have everlasting life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for loving us before we ever loved you. Thank you for loving us when we were in the pit of hell and you reached down in the miry muck and clay and picked us up out of it and set our feet on a rock so that we have a firm place to stand so that we can declare your praises. And we do. We love you, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give God praise. Give God praise. Give Him praise. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And Paul, if you put some music on, I want to do one more thing. I'm going to give you a challenge. Put on that pretty music you put on. Pretty music. Not that Metallica. I want you to close your eyes. And I wish you would do this. Just close your eyes. And I want you to talk to God right now. This is the altar call. And I want you to tell him that you're taking up the challenge. Taking up the goal. To making it your aim. To please him. No, even if you're spending money and getting in debt and you know that you shouldn't, I know that's a tiny thing. But is it pleasing God what you're doing with your money? I know that marriage is difficult. It takes a lot of work. We have to give up our own rights. And that is a hard thing. But is it pleasing God what you're doing? So right now in your own way, tell God you want to take up the challenge to make it your goal to please Him in everything. Just take a moment.
give it all to him. He wants to bless us. He wants to please us. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hello, this is Pastor Louis. I hope you've enjoyed the message today, and I hope that it has encouraged you. If you need any further information about the message or our ministries, please contact us at the numbers on the screen. Our live worship is 1030 each Sunday morning, and we can also be seen on YouTube and Facebook at thelivingcornerstone.org. Be blessed.